Welcome to the Crime of the Century podcast. I'm Kevin Prendeville, and I believe that because of what we're teaching our students, we're losing an entire generation. Now today, as always, we'll be diving headfirst into controversial subjects, undaunted by political correctness. And something that is very near and dear to my heart, and part of why this book is called Crime of the Century, is the second half focuses on student loans. And more importantly, I believe they're a big part of why most of America feels like they're going broke feels like they can never get ahead because they're always clawing and scratching and scraping their way by. And I believe that not only is the education that they're receiving useless, but the payments are forever indebting and enslaving them to a government that does not care. This is the crime of the century. We all feel broke, don't we? I mean, we, we scrape by and we've got car loans and some of us well, pay house mortgage loans, but but for the majority of us, we're renting still, and and really just just trying to pay all these institutions and pay all these people above us, just so that we can eat and live and be productive and do uh, God's work, which is to go out and be productive. But but it doesn't have to be this way. See, we're, we we are scraping by to the point where the average American doesn't really even start saving for retirement until their 40s because they're paying so many other people, so many other institutions, a check really that they earn too. And now I, I understand there are some people who have solutions to this, especially here in Tennessee. Dave Ramsey is one of them, but I don't really condone what he's doing and that's another book for another day. But the idea of debt now has become not antiquated, but the way we deal with it has. See, the whole idea of going into debt should be to invest in something for the future. So you make more than you actually take out, than you spend. But we are all told how great college education is and that if we do make this investment, we do go 30, 40, 50, 60 grand into debt, well, we'll make more. We'll get a white collar job right out of school. Maybe some of us become doctors. And I'm sure many of us who go to school to be uh, neurosurgeons and things like that do. Maybe they, they spend 300 grand on school, but they make 600 grand their first year. Great, fantastic, but that's such a thin percentage. I mean, most of us end up with feminist basket weaving or, you know, I took history, so so there's probably only, you know, three or four jobs that we can really do that relate to our degree, and at best, you're probably making 30 grand when you come out. So you go into to debt, if you're lucky, at only 40 grand, but the national average is 50. By the age of 22, the national average is over 50 grand in debt student loan debt. And so you come out, I'm probably an alcoholic because that's all you do in college is drink and smoke and do whatever. So not only you got you got to pay for your beer, but but more importantly, you got to pay for the education that couldn't get you a job that that pays much more than a, a minimum wage job. So we're here, we're struggling, we're 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 trying to push forward and we see the guy who didn't go to college and the guy that the public education system told us he was stupid because he made C's at best. 
Oh, he's the one in the nice car now. And he's the one who didn't have all this debt. And he's the one who, you know, is making 40 grand at the age of 22 or, or in some cases more. And we have to wonder why. And, and why are we going into so much debt? Why are we paying off banks? Which, by the way, if you cannot repay your loans and go bankrupt, private lenders are screwed, but not with student loans. Student loans will never be forgiven. You pay those off. Those are, are, are guaranteed loans. And to me, it's predatory lending because an 18-year-old can't pay 50 grand worth of, of, of college or, or more, you know, per year. And so we're all told, you know, don't look at that. Don't look at that issue. Look how much you're learning and, and, and you're getting A's and B's. And I mean, the average GPA has gone up to 3.4. So look how much you're learning. See, so it's okay you're going into debt, is what we're told, but for the most part, we come out and, okay, now it's time to learn what we, we really want to be. And most people don't figure that out until they're 30, something that I learned from, from personal experience um, recently. A lot of people don't figure that out for another 10 years after school, but they still got bills to pay. And now they've got this great burden that, that's been forced on them by a society that pushes college and, and, and pushes people into this one, like a cattle, you know, into, into this one corridor. And you have to wonder why. And recently the federal government released its balance sheet, its asset to, to debt sheet, like a business for 2017. $1.2 trillion loss. Most companies would have been broke a long time ago, but but of course we pay taxes and uh, we are an unlimited revenue source and the government really doesn't care how much it goes into debt. But you want to know what the number one asset was? Student loans. Almost 30% of the government's revenue was student loans. People who, who go into debt and become enslaved by their government because I believe that, that, that true freedom Freedom to, to be your own individual starts with financial freedom. It, it, it starts with the ability to spend and not just spend, but invest. How am I supposed to do that if I'm 50 grand in debt by the age of 22? On average, that's the average. So, so there are people probably up to 90 and there are people probably down to 30. But regardless, the average American doesn't even begin to make even 50 grand until they're, in, if they're 45. So you're living month to month, you're living paycheck to paycheck. By all intents and purposes, we should be fine making 40, 40 grand. That should be enough to save, invest, and, and, and spend. But how am I supposed to do that if I've been paying off some faceless institution for years? Years. And then I've got to catch up to retire. And, and uh, another thing I was reading, you know, Social Security, if it's even here, is taxed as well. And, mo and most people don't realize that. And again, that's coming up in, a, in another book, but most people don't realize the amount of taxes and debt they're into. And all it does is feed these, the, the, these fat cat politicians who make 200 grand a year. And that doesn't even count for all the kickbacks and political donations that they get. And yet they point at the people who are successful and who didn't fall for their I can't say that word on camera, but but you know what I mean. Fall for their crap. And they say, look, they, they have money, so they're the bad guys. So they use the academic institution. And what I've been talking about for the past few 
podcast. They use the academic institution to perpetuate an ideology which demonizes those who are successful. Not successful politicians, mind you. Successful business owners, successful businessmen, people who made it and make a difference and employ people and who give others a chance to follow in their footsteps. Not everybody's going to take that, that opportunity, but it should be there for everyone, I believe. And, and the government should support it or get, get out of our way. But that's not what's happening. Because of this tremendous debt that we're all taking on, and people will, will defend that in, until they get into the real world. Uh, students, I, I was speaking with a, uh, a student at, at, at my college, and I was talking about the student debt, and he was telling me how wrong I was and how you know, evil the successful people are in this world and, and how really, you know, we should all go into that student debt to get something better. He's pretty much been brainwashed. He's been fed lies for, for 23 or however old he is uh, for over 20 years of his life and he bought it hook, line, and sinker. And he is married now to a political ideology which should have been dead in the 20th century. You know, socialism, Marxism, that failed. It died with the Soviet Union and it should have been buried there, but it's not. It's kept alive in these academic institutions. It's kept alive by politicians who make money off of your suffering and your debt and your, your drive to feed your kids, your drive to feed yourself and clothe yourself and keep yourself in a home. And all it does in the end is benefit the big banks and it benefits Wall Street and it benefits the politicians, but it doesn't benefit you. And yet our students in these academic institutions grow up thinking that they're learning more and doing better, but, but all they're doing is accepting a brainwashing from, from a political entity who doesn't care about them. And it's funny to me how much the government collects and then tells us, well, this money goes back to poor people and people who, who didn't go to college and people who, who might not work, but they're, they're receiving money on the side and, uh, fr from the government and, and so taxes are good and they need to be raised and all this stuff. Nancy Pelosi's private jet costs $2 million, $2 million to refill. When she flies from California to D.C., if that's all she does, $2 million. And you know who pays for it? It's you and me. And, and so the idea that this is all this, 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 this money that, that the government collects, and it brings in a lot in taxes. I was a hedge fund manager. I, I was reading this in, the, um, in Forbes. There's a hedge fund manager in New York between state and federal ta uh, uh, taxes owes a billion dollars to, to the... Now, he makes a good income to, to owe that much, but he's successful at what he does, and he's helped a lot of people be successful, hence his profession. And his jet, which I'm sure he probably has one, to take him across country or across the world, comes out of his pocket. Pelosi fl flies from, from California to New York on your nickel, on my nickel, on everybody who's ever earned anything, it goes right to her. And and, and the politicians' tax structure is different. Their retirement structure is different. They don't have the same crappy health care that you and I were forced into 
by, by the previous administration, pushed by the academic institutions and the government. So when I, when I call this the crime of the century, I don't call it the crime of the century to be dramatic. This is very deep and something that I, I should probably do a second edition on. I don't think this book covers everything that it should, hence the podcast. But this is a real issue here. Because we're going into debt, we're becoming slaves to a government that wants us to be dependent on them so we cannot be independent. And what do we get out of it? So on the, on the next crime of the century, I'm, I'm going to talk about how they're also turning our, our young men into, into, into wimps and, and, and demonizing those who, who are successful and who have that bravado and how it sets them up to fail. You're watching Crime of the Century.